What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Elise Jimenez on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her and her story. Elise, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like. Um, thank you uh, so much, Shelly. Uh, I just really want to start out and just say thank you to not just you, Shelly, but everybody who shared their story. Um, this has been I didn't find you until after my second, um, my second miscarriage. And I really wish that, um, I had been able to listen to this after my first. Um, and I just really hope that anybody who is listening to this really feels like just deep down that they are not alone. Um, just the way I felt listening to so many other stories. Um, so I'll start, uh, where pretty much everybody starts. Um, so I met my husband, Gabe, in 2012. Um, we actually both grew up in Texas, but we met in Virginia Beach, <laughs> um, which was just kind of funny uh, that we kind of found each other, found each other there. Um, we started dating in 2013, um, so we've been together for a little over seven years now, and we got married in 2016. Um, we had always talked about wanting kids. It is something that we've both wanted. We both come from pretty um, big families. His family is so, I love it. It is so family oriented. They are just so loving and they are just, they just surround each other. And I really wanted that for our family that we, you know, could have kids and we would just have that wonderful experience of all the siblings really getting along with each other. Um, I have three siblings um, and my aunt and uncle have um, seven kids. So I'm just used to having a ton of family around and I love it. We kind of went back and forth on like how many kids, which I'm sure everybody does. Um, and we kind of settled on four. Um, and, but we did decide that we wanted to wait. Like after we got married, we're like, let's wait a couple years and just kind of have fun because we're very, uh, at that time, we were very active people. We liked going canoeing. We liked going um, to kayak. We actually got to kayak with dolphins um, in the ocean before we left uh, Virginia Beach, which was so fun. Um, we just are those types of people. We like to pick up and just go do stuff. So after we got married, my husband got a job um, in Indiana. So we actually up and moved uh, to Fort Wayne, Indiana a month and a half after getting married. And at first we weren't sure if that was going to be a good place for us. Um, just because it was a lot slower, but it turned out to be exactly where um, I needed to be. Um, so um, I had been on birth control um, for a couple of years. Um, it wasn't something I started in high school. It was something I started um, like right when I turned 20 probably. Um, and I just went through like a series of this birth control wasn't working. This birth control wasn't working. This one didn't do well with me. Like my body just completely rejects birth control apparently. <laughs> um, 
because the only reason I was getting on it was to kind of give myself a regular period, um, we weren't starting with high doses. We started very, very low. We tried a couple different brands. Thing is, I was having really like weird symptoms that my doctor just did not want me to have. Um, so I never actually, of the like, I don't know, three years that I was on birth control, I never actually had a period on the week you're supposed to have it <laughs> with the pills. It would always come in the middle of the month, middle of the pills, or it would not come at all. Um, and then I had, uh, the symptom that always just like happened with every single pill. It didn't matter which brand or what kind I was trying. 30 minutes after I would take it, I would get cramping. Like, like I was about to start a period. Um, every day, every day I was on birth control, which is just kind of like crazy. It's like my whole body just screaming out, like we are rebelling against this, <laughs> against this thing that you're trying to make us do. Um, I've had an irregular period my whole life. Um, it's pretty common for me to go like uh, three to five months without a period. Um, thankfully, not so much um, after I've had uh, my boys. But before that, I mean, I was, it was insane how crazy my period would get. My average um, before I gave birth to my oldest was probably about 60 days um, was the average like time of my cycle, which is just crazy. Um, but it got to a point in Indiana where I felt something was wrong and I wasn't having a period and I was like, here's the deal. I talked to my doctor and I said, something just feels wrong. So I ended up, I think it was November um, of 2016. I ended up like, hey, I'm just going to go off the pills for like, I'm not going to take the sugar pills. I'm just going to get up to that point and then not take them, see what happens. So I just don't take them. And I ended up bleeding very heavily um, for seven days, the whole seven days. And it was brownish and it just was not, obviously had been in there for a while. And my body just felt like a release almost as it was like bleeding for that long. And I didn't stop bleeding, but I was like, well, Sunday came around. Let's see if I can get myself back on a cycle. Let's see what happens if I take the pills. So I started taking the pills again that Sunday, um, stopped bleeding. And I was like, okay, this is, something's wrong. Like I felt like it was pretty heavy flow. I could have probably continued bleeding. So I talked to my doctor and we decided that this was not a good match. And I needed to completely let this birth control come out of my system before we tried another one. So we went the rest of the month on the pills and it was the week of Christmas that I would have taken the sugar pills. So we decided that again, I would not take the sugar pills. And if I started bleeding, we just would not take the pills again until like it had completely run out of my system. Um, it's a good thing. We were traveling back home for Christmas that year. So it's a good thing. I didn't actually start bleeding when I thought I was going to. Um, I didn't start bleeding till January 1st when we had come back and I didn't stop bleeding for three weeks. Um, it was three weeks of very heavy flow, dark brown blood. Um, and it was just ridiculous. Like to the point my husband was getting concerned. Like he made me, he, he's so sweet. He made me call the doctor. Um, one night because he was like, honey, it's been like three weeks. You shouldn't be bleeding this long. And he's, 
he's been a paramedic. He's medic in the military. So medically, he, he kind of has an idea, but it's, you know, women's medical. It's not quite his, his forte. So I told him, I said, honey, this is what they said would happen. It's brown. It's, it's okay. I actually need to be bleeding this out. He didn't believe me. I had to call the doctor. Um, and she laughed at me when I told her. But she was like, no, it's, it's when we get to week four or five that we are concerned. So go ahead, just keep letting it come out of your system. So we get to, you know, the end of, um, you know, three weeks later, almost exactly to the dot three weeks later from when I had started uh, or the end of three weeks, I stopped bleeding. I was like, okay, great. I stopped bleeding for two days. So it was like a Friday that I stopped and then Saturday, Sunday, I didn't bleed. And then Monday morning, I start bleeding again, fresh blood. I was like, well, I guess this is a period. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. I called the doctor and she said, that's what it kind of sounds like. I don't think your body should be, you know, resetting like this since you have just stopped bleeding all this old blood, but let's just go with it. So I ended up bleeding for seven days um, on this, you know, period, uh, I guess. And so we get into February and, you know, things are normal. I feel like everything's kind of going back to normal. Um, and then, uh, so my husband's military and he has to go every, he's a reservist. So every month he has to go do a weekend um, of drill. And because we were in Fort Wayne, Indiana, they didn't have a drill unit there in Fort Wayne. So he had to drive to Indianapolis, which is a couple hours away. So he would have to stay overnight for the weekend. So he leaves Friday after work. He just goes straight there because um, he has to be there Saturday morning. Now, Friday, I just, it was February 11th. And I just remember feeling weird. And I was like, I sh for some reason, I don't know why, for some reason, I just felt like I needed to take a pregnancy test, which was really weird because I hadn't taken one in a long time. Um, and I just, I don't know what it was. It was like this weird intuition, take a pregnancy test. But I was like, there's no way that I could be pregnant because if we're following, you know, my period or whatever, it's only been, you know, like maybe 10 days since my period stopped, you know, it's been less than, um, it was 10 days to two weeks, like since my period supposedly had stopped. So it was really weird, but I went ahead I had this pregnancy test that literally was about to expire because of how long ago I'd purchased it. Um, in the house, it was like first thing in the morning, Friday morning, and I took it. And I started, I remember freaking out because there was like this faint line. And I like, my heart just stopped for a second. And I was like, what? Like it's 2017, like it's, hasn't even been a year since we got married. Like, what the heck? Like, we didn't want, like, I start rushing through like this whole thing of like, we didn't want to have kids yet. Like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, the things you feel really bad for because you're thinking honestly <laughs> about your, about how your life is about to change. Um, and I sat there for the longest time, just staring at it, wondering if it would go away or wondering if like, I was even seeing what I thought I saw. So I did the only thing that I could think of because if I wasn't, I didn't want to like freak my husband out since he was going to be out of town. Like I wasn't, 
he had left for work that morning. I wasn't going to see him until Sunday night. So I took a picture and sent it to my best friend. And I was like, what am I seeing? Like, please tell me what you see here. And she just texts me back and she's like, do you have another test? <laughs> no. So then I had to go to the store and so I go to the store and I'm walking around and I'm just like in a daze. I, I mean, I, I'm just walking around Walmart, just like in circles. And I call her and she's like, what made you take a pregnancy test in the first place? I was like, I have no clue. Like I just had this weird intuition to take a test. And I said, honestly, thinking about it, like I haven't been sleeping well this week. I've been, I haven't, like I've been going to bed super late and I've been waking up in the middle of the night, like two or 3 a.m. and being like awake, which is completely unlike me. I am a sleep fiend. <laughs> um, I, my husband calls me um, or has called me an old woman because even when we were dating, when I was like 21, 22, I would just go to bed at like 9.30, 10 o'clock. That was good for me. <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't like the person who went out late at night. So staying up that late without caffeine or anything was completely unlike me. And I said, that's the only thing that I could list as some type of symptom. So I get the other test and I wait till the next morning to make sure that I have, you know, that first morning urine to make sure that what I'm seeing is accurate. And I take a second test Saturday morning and it was there darker. And my, again, my heart stopped because I, I hadn't wanted to believe it the first time. So I'm just like, Oh my goodness, like this is happening. And that's when it like starts to sink in the, the kind of like fear and, um, I don't know. I mean, when you get that first positive test, you just feel like you're not ready. <laughs> like you thought you were ready for be, to become a mom and to like bring this human into the world. And then that positive test comes up. And for a second, you second guess yourself so hard. Like, am I actually ready for this? Is, are, like, I don't know if I can do this. But then you realize in the next second that it's happening and you can do it and you will do it. Like, because you immediately love that being inside of you um, that is growing, that you're making. And it is one of the weirdest feelings in the world, loving someone so much that you haven't seen or met. And that for me is like, I don't know, the miracle of being a mom, like the ability that we have for that type of love, um, is just incredible. But I'm like, I call my best friend and I'm just like, Oh my gosh. And I give her like the little freak out that she'd kind of missed out on because <laughs> it was in my head. <laughs> she like kind of freaks out with me and is like, okay, like what, what's going to happen? Like, are you going to tell Gabe right now? Like we start talking and I was like, well, he's at drill. I'm not going to see him till tomorrow night. I don't want to tell him this over the phone. I knew that I could not tell him this over the phone. Like I had to tell him in person. So it's February 12th, right? So we've got, um, um, oh, sorry, it was February 11th. My dates are all mixed up because Valentine's Day was on a Tuesday. So it had to have been the 11th then, not Saturday. So I decide I'm going to hold it in. I'm going to tell him on Valentine's Day and be super uber cute, right? 
So I start like Pinteresting all the ways to tell him and I couldn't decide on anything. So I literally just went and got these little baby shoes. Um, they, I'm pretty sure Target still carries them. They're the little like bare ones. They're gray. Um, and I just got those and I put the pregnancy test in a plastic baggie because my husband is a little bit of a germaphobe. So I knew he wouldn't want to actually touch a test, <laughs> even though I dipped him in a cup. <laughs> um, I put those in, in a little bag and I got like a little, like a really sweet Valentine's Day card and I put a little bag and I just prepped it for when he came home on Valentine's Day. So I'm like holding this in for like three days and it is killing me. Oh my gosh. I really don't know how women can hold this secret in for longer than honestly three days. Like it's so hard. Um, and I remember him coming home, he'd come home late and I had it on the table for him and he was like, what? Like he wasn't expecting like an actual gift. He'd got me like these really yummy, um, chocolates, uh, chocolate truffles. And, um, we hadn't made like big plans for Valentine's day. We were going to decide what to do when he came home. It wasn't, it was going to be kind of like an informal day since he had to work so long. <laughs> so I give it to him and he's like, Oh babe, why'd you get me? You didn't, you shouldn't have got me anything. And he opens up the card first and reads it. And then he pulls out and he kind of looks at me he pulls out the paper and sees the shoes and very quickly just looks up at, up at me. And it's just like, are, are you serious right now? Like it was so, I will always remember his like reaction to that. And it was so sweet. We had, it was such a fun moment to have that to be able to tell him that we were pregnant and such a fun thing to do on Valentine's day, you know, something we would always remember. And we got, he got, he especially got so excited that he wanted to tell uh, his parents and my parents, like he wanted to go ahead and just tell them so that they could be praying for us. And in my head, um, I was kind of a little bit like more cautious. I was like, maybe we shouldn't. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't a foreigner to, um, miscarriage. Uh, my mom, um, had experienced a miscarriage when I was young. Um, it would have been her baby number five. And, um, I remember cause I was 12, I think, um, 12 or 13. I remember watching her go through it cause she, she went through the miscarriage at home. It was a, a second, um, second trimester miscarriage at 16 weeks. So I knew it was possible, but it wasn't on the forefront of my head because my mom had had four other baby, four healthy babies. Um, it wasn't like a super present thing in my life. I'd seen it, but it wasn't like a, it wasn't like anybody I knew had like struggled with this from the beginning, you know, from their first pregnancy. Um, so I just, I thought about it, but I didn't think too much about it. So we ended up going out to dinner and telling both his parents and my parents that we were pregnant, um, which was fun. <laughs> um, we told them over uh, FaceTime and then Gabe was just so excited. He just, he wanted to tell someone else. So he ended up telling his sister Melody and I told my sister, my little sister, uh, Candace, and it was just really fun. Like we were just like, Hey, 
this is going to be crazy. This is, this isn't exactly the time frame we had planned out, but we're so excited. And we just want you praying to protect this baby. Like we want to make sure that everything goes smoothly, that there are no issues. That was February 14th. And then February 16th comes around two days later. My husband's at work and I start to feel a little bit cramping like that morning, but I looked it up because, you know, Google, everyone's best friend. Um, and it was, I mean, it, you come back with all these different answers, but the majority they're like, it's fine as long as it's not like terrible, which it wasn't. Um, I never had like really bad, like period cramps. Um, I never had, I had pretty easy periods. So I just kind of brushed it off. And then about midday, um, I started feeling the cramping again. And I was like, well, I guess I have to go to the bathroom. So I go to the bathroom and it just happened all at once. Um, I was on the toilet and the cramping got really bad. And I remember thinking like, this is wrong. Something is wrong. This can't be happening. And I look down, I see some blood and then all of a sudden just everything. Um, the baby, all this blood, everything passed all at once. Um, and I just, I froze. I, I couldn't think for a second and I just crumpled like in tears and sadness and like checking to make sure that what I was seeing was real. And I was, I remember calling my husband and telling him what had happened. And I just, I, I could barely get it out because um, I was crying and thank the Lord for his job um, because he spoke to his manager and was home within 30 minutes. Um, they were so sweet and they let him leave. And he, I just, I remember staying in the bathroom upstairs and I couldn't, I just was on the floor. I was just crying and crying and crying. I just could not stop. And he comes home and he comes inside and he hears me. So he comes upstairs and he just looks at me and he just begins to cry too. And just, we sat there um, for a while, just holding each other and crying. And we had called, um, I'd already called my doctor before he got there. And I mean, they said there's nothing we can do. Like if you start, you know, going through so many um, you know, going, soaking like a huge pad an hour, then, you know, call us and bring you in. But, um, unless that, that they can't do anything as, um, as I'm sure, you know, uh, so another blessing of my husband's job, they have a doctor and a nurse on staff for like small things. Like if you have a cold, you can go and see him. He's there in office. Um, he has his own little, like, office suite of two rooms and everything. So you can go in and see him and like, um, it's open to not just the employees, but the employees' families. So since we couldn't get in to see my doctor because, you know, these things happen all the time, <laughs> uh, we went in and went in to see him and he was so gracious and so kind. And his nurse had been an OBGYN nurse. And so she was so comforting and so sweet. He asked me a few questions and checked to make sure 
that I wasn't having any pain in case it was like a tubal pregnancy. Um, after like a quick examination, he felt that everything was okay, um, that there wasn't any like big issues and just let us know that if I needed anything, I could come in. Either I just needed to talk um, or if I, um, you know, if something came up medically that my doctor wouldn't see me for, like, or any concerns I had, I was welcome to come, which was amazing. Um, so we go home and I didn't bleed anymore, but I did have intense back labor for days. Um, which was crazy because I, again, I hadn't really, like, there wasn't really much of a warning of what was happening. And then it all happened at once, like all of this blood and the baby passing all at once. And then I'm in labor basically in my back only so much back pain for, let's see, it was Thursday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So four days, um, of that to the point where when I went to church on Sunday, I could barely stand. Um, it was so bad. Um, and it was such a hard time. Um, but again, I am grateful that I was, I was there because the women's Bible city group I was in, um, there are a couple women in there who had lost. Um, and so they understood. And when I told them what had happened afterwards, they were so, so sweet. They really surrounded me and my husband and just, poured out love for us. Um, one of, one of them brought over a little gift package that had like wine in it and it was so sweet and they were such a comfort. Um, and I'm, I will forever be grateful for them. Um, but after you get pregnant the first time and you miscarry, you begin to think that your body can't do this. You know, your body's betrayed you that what if I can't have kids? What if I spend my entire life struggling to have children? Like I had always wanted to be a mom. I had always wanted to give birth to, to children. Like I'd always wanted to be pregnant. And I just felt this dream like falling through my fingers. And I was in classes at the time. So I just kind of like pushed it aside. I kind of pushed my feelings aside. We had like the week of just like solid grieving. And I was like, no, we need to like, I need to, I need to shape up. I got to do this. Like I have stuff, I have classes I got to get through. I'm going to do this. And mother's day comes around. Mother's day was a bad day. Um, because again, you, you start to think, well, maybe I'm not a mom. Like, am I a mom? I don't, I don't know. Um, Again, the ladies in my Bible study group were so sweet. They all, they all have kids, um, but they all sent me messages saying, Happy Mother's Day. We love you. Let us know if you need us. So wonderful. And then summer comes around, my summer semester. And I hadn't realized until halfway through the semester that I was getting depressed. Um, I had, it had come on slowly, um, but I had shoved all my feelings aside so much that and I wasn't dealing with them, that it just started to consume me. I became super unmotivated and I actually failed um, the whole semester. It was two, a summer course, so it's a full load, is two classes. I failed both of them. Um, and I was so, and again, then I start keeping the guilt on for that. Like, I'm so angry at myself for, for failing these classes. I shouldn't have failed them. This is ridiculous. Um, 
And then I start to think about getting, you know, what if we get pregnant again? Like I'm so scared. We had decided not to continue with birth control because it had really done bad things to my body. And we didn't, we wanted to wait a long time before even starting another birth control. So it's, you know, July and I'm just like, I don't know if I want to be pregnant again. I'm so scared. And just like, you know, pray at that point, I'm just like praying every month that I'm not pregnant. And then the end of July, I get this, this, this intuition again that I need to take a pregnancy test. And I was like, no, nope, I'm not taking one. I said my period comes in like six days. Um, or supposed to come. Um, again, that's not really a good thing to go by because it's so irregular. But I was like, I'm not going to take one right now. I'm not going to take one. I, I don't want to take one. I can't be pregnant. And so we get to July or July 3rd, August 3rd, which is my birthday. And I had said that if I hadn't had a period by then, um, that I would take a pregnancy test. And um, I remember that morning, my husband left for work and I get up and I am just so scared and I take the test and I just close my eyes and I'm waiting, you know, the three minutes and I'm just like praying, like part of, half of me was praying that I was pregnant because I wanted to be a mom so bad. And then the other half of me was like, don't get pregnant. You don't want to go through this loss again. And I open my eyes after the three minutes and I see very not faint. It was pretty dark line. Um, and I just didn't know what to do. So it was like seven 30 in the morning and I just went to target. <laughs> it wasn't that far from our house, it was like two minutes from our house. So I'm like wandering around target trying to like deal with these emotions of fear and excitement. Um, and I, I was actually getting like phone calls from random family members because it was my birthday and I remember my mom calling me and I couldn't, I couldn't hold it in. I had sent a, a text message with a picture of the pregnancy test to my best friend again. So she knew, but I was talking to my mom and I just, I just had to tell her like, I couldn't go through, like, I knew she would understand like kind of some of the pain and the excitement, like, dealing that I was dealing with. So I tell her she's was so excited. She helped me pick something out. Um, I didn't want to pick out shoes again because just, I didn't want the same thing for this baby. I wanted something different. I wanted to create separate memories for this baby so that I would always remember my first baby that I lost. So I'm searching around and I find this really cute baby onesie and I get a little card for my husband and I put it in a little bag and I just decide I'm going to go to his work. Probably wasn't the best idea, but I go, I drive to his job and, um, which I did all the time. I always was at his job for lunch or whatever. You know, we, we did all, I would see him all the time. Um, so it wasn't like strange that I was there. And I go in and he sees the bag in his hand. He goes, Oh, did somebody here at, the, here at his job give me something for my birthday? And I said, no, this is for you. And he looks at me and he's like, honey, you can't get me gifts on your birthday. <laughs> and I said, just, just open it, just open it. So he opens it and the look on his face again, when he realized I was pregnant again and he just like, and I could see it in his eyes. Like he kind of went through 
the same fear I did. And a lot of times when, I don't know, in my experience, when people have, you know, given their condolences to me about, you know, the babies that we've lost, they talk to me, you know, they, they say it to me and they kind of include my husband in that, but it's not always everyone's first thought to think about the husband because he went through the same loss, right? So we were both insanely scared. Um, we were going to be seeing his family that weekend because they were coming for vacation. We were going to go drive to go see like this really cool creation museum. And I think it's Kentucky or Ohio. Um, and we we're going to be spending the weekend. They were going to spend like five days with us. So we decided we were going to go ahead and tell them then. Um, so again, we told family very quickly and this time his whole family. So his brother, his mom, dad, his sister, I told my parents, obviously, and uh, my sister again. And um, we just wanted them to be like present with us, you know, as much as possible in case it happened again. And I remember feeling so fearful that I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna get through this fear. Like I was so scared every day of that pregnancy. I, I just thought I was, I mean, every day you think you're going to lose your baby. Anything comes up. I, I am so thankful for the midwives I was with because I called them all the time. Um, they probably heard from me a minimum of once a week, the, probably the entire pregnancy because I was just so scared and I wanted to make sure that nothing was going to go wrong. And if something was going to go wrong, I wanted to be able to do something about it as quickly as possible to hopefully prevent any other loss. Um, I realized very quickly that I wasn't going to be able like to get through pregnancy like that. Like it was so fearful. So I actually started writing a journal. Um, and instead of just writing my feelings in the journal of how I was feeling, I wrote letters to my baby. Um, I started writing letters about like just to him talking to him and just because if I was gonna lose him I wanted something that I could hold on to you know all of these all of these emotions and this love I have for this baby that's growing inside of me I wanted it out and I wanted it I wanted him to know you know that I loved him and I felt like writing it out um, would convey that um, so I start journaling, um, just whenever the fear would get too much, I would just write a letter. And I knew, and it's so funny because I wrote it in the journals, I knew from when I found out I was pregnant, I just had this intuition I was having a boy. Um, my husband didn't believe me, he wants a girl so bad. Um, he wants at least one daughter. And I, he kept telling me that it was a girl. Um, every night, my husband and I would pray over our baby and like that got us through. And then we get to, you know, our gender reveal and we found out it's a boy and I just kind of was, haha, told you. <laughs> um, we ended up naming him Noah, um, specifically because Noah means comfort and rest. And that whole pregnancy, my huge like symptoms that I had, um, the fact that I could feel him kicking very early, um, the fact that he was a crazy active kid in my tummy like insanely active. 
Um, I was a server at a pizza place at the time. And when I was like super pregnant, I would actually freak out some customers because my belly would just be moving so much. I had to switch to all black shirts because then you couldn't tell as much. <laughs> um, he was just that active. And I just remember being thankful for that. Like all of those things, being super sick, not being able to drink coffee for months. I remember being just so thankful for it because that meant that I was pregnant. That meant that I was successfully growing this baby. Um, so I gave birth to him, um, beautiful baby boy, um, semi-normal delivery, nothing like, honestly, my pregnancy was normal. Um, we were just so in love and um, I kind of joked around because my husband and I wanted our kids close together. So I joked around that if I got pregnant before Noah was six months old, my husband would be in trouble. Well, uh, I got pregnant at five and a half months. <laughs> my Noah's five and a half months. And just that fear again, like just crippling fear of what could happen. But I pulled myself up and I said, no, we, um, we've had a successful pregnancy. I can do this. Like, obviously I can do this. So I started journaling again, which I had continued journaling letters to my uh, son, Noah, after I had delivered. Um, and so now I was writing letters to Noah, and now I was writing letters to this new baby. And um, I was a little less fearful this time around. Um, I kind of knew the groove. So we were in a new state at this point. We had moved back to Texas when my son, Noah, was two and a half months old. But, um, you know, we, I was going to get through this. It was a new doctor, but that's okay. I made sure, <laughs> I made sure that they knew like my whole story that this was my third pregnancy, my second, hopefully, you know, at this point I'm thinking hopefully is my second baby I'm bringing home. They were wonderful. They let me, I, I called a bunch, but not as often. Um, pregnancy again was normal. Um, I knew from the beginning I was having another boy. My husband didn't believe me, and I gave birth to a beautiful baby boy. Uh, his name is Caleb, which means faithful. Um, and throughout that pregnancy, it was just a reminder to us that um, God has been faithful to us. Even in, even in our loss, God has been faithful to us. And I remember we had such a hard time naming Caleb we were going back and forth. I had really felt um, that I wanted to name him Jude and we just had some stuff come up and it just, it didn't end up being his name. Um, and so we just were at a loss and I'm like 30 weeks pregnant and I'm starting to get in my head. Like my husband is kind of like, well, why are you so like concerned with naming him? Like, it's okay if we don't name him right now, we have time. I just looked at him and I finally just said to him, if I said, I feel right now that if we don't name him, I'm not going to bring him home from the hospital. Like that was my fear that if we didn't have a name for him before going into the hospital, that we wouldn't be able to bring him home. I'd been having really vivid dreams about, um, preterm labor and it was really like messing with me. Um, but thankfully, uh, we went through, it was perfectly normal delivery. Um, it, we had a beautiful, you know, another beautiful baby boy and we just the relief of holding him in our, in my arms. And then we start talking about, you know, baby number three, cause our, our number was four. And after two kids, we still wanted four. Um, after two very active boys, 
we still wanted four kids. So we wanted to kind of like space it out a little bit more. I was like, here's the deal. 14 months apart is too close to do again. It's fine to do once. <laughs> Not okay to do again. <laughs> so um, we were going to wait. And so he was born, uh, Caleb was born June of June 19th of 2019. And so we waited. We were like, okay, we kind of like made a little bit more effort this time to like not get pregnant <laughs> um, because apparently I have no problem getting pregnant. So we get to um, March of this year, 2020, of course, when COVID comes to the U.S. <laughs> um, and spring break uh, was my husband's birthday. And like last year, we brought his whole family um, to visit. They were a ton of people staying in our house. It was so much fun. Um, it was right before they had kind of like cut off all of like these large gatherings and everything. So we, it was like, we weren't, we were fine. Um, we had everybody over. It was such a fun week. We did so much stuff. It's so much fun. The boys loved seeing all their family, um, all my husband's family. It was so much fun. We had a blast. And then um, after they leave, you know, we get the, the notice about COVID and how it's like, oh, it's like for real, it's serious. We can't go anywhere. Like everything is shut down. And then we find out that um, my sister who had come to see us a couple times during that spring break week, one of her roommates had gotten COVID. And so technically speaking, we were uh, possibly exposed. So my husband had to stay home from work for two weeks, had to quarantine from work because he's an essential worker. Um, so it was, it was weird, but it was so nice having him home for two weeks. Uh, we had so much fun. I, I pulled out, I'm a photographer. So I just start pulling out my camera and playing with videography. So I am just like, you know, taking videos of the boys. And I think it, it would be so cute if I can like put together this cute video of us having family time um, over these, you know, two weeks or, you know, I figured it might last into this quarantine of us staying home, not being able to go anywhere, probably last a while. So I wanted video of like this whole process and like how the boys have grown up and all this stuff. So I start videoing like little clips. And then at the end of March, I get this weird intuition to take a pregnancy test again. And I'm like, okay, like this is fourth time around. Like I know this by now. Okay. So when I start doing like the math, like when of when I supposedly had ovulated, like when can I actually take a test and get a positive? So I do all the math, I figure out a time, and I, uh, I take one like April 2nd, I think. And it's positive, a faint positive. And I remember just being so excited and not, like it was so nice having my first thought not be all of this fear. You know, I was fearful, but it wasn't the first thing on my mind anymore because I'd had two successful, wonderfully beautiful done pregnancies that I didn't have any issues with. And I said, maybe that, you know, miscarriage is in my past, you know, like I'm still going to be anxious about it, but it's, I have, I have to keep thinking to myself, move forward. Like it's in, it's in the past. I ended up taking five pregnancy tests to make sure that I was pregnant because I didn't believe it the first time around. And as I'm taking, you know, these five days of pregnancy tests, I'm just like coming up with this wonderful idea of how to tell my husband that I'm pregnant. Um, 
I had gotten my husband a little gift for each pregnancy. Um, little shoes, little onesie. Um, with Caleb, I think it was another set of shoes. Um, and so I wanted to do something very different for baby number three. So I took all these video clips that I had had and I put them together and I, um, I wrote out a little script for me to voice over, um, which I just watched again for the first time, um, yesterday. And it, I, uh, it came straight from the heart because I was talking about how, um, you know, my love, you know, um, a mother's love doesn't, it's not numbered. You know, I don't have a specific amount of love. Every time I get pregnant, my heart grows and I'm able to love more. Um, and I talk about my first miscarriage and that as well. And I tricked my husband, my husband's a musician. I tricked him into playing um, a song for me on video. So I had the audio. So I put together this video telling him we were pregnant of our boys and him playing with our boys and me talking over it and him singing. And it was just a really sweet, special thing. Um, he actually fell over when I filmed the pregnancy test, the digital pregnancy test at the end. He like fell over on the couch. And he's like, oh my gosh. Because at that point we would end up having three kids under three. So crazy, crazy. We are crazy people. But we were both so excited and it was Good Friday that Friday, so we ended up telling our family. We sent the video to um, uh, Gabe's family for them to see. Uh, we did tell a few people that night because my husband has, like, he has to tell people. He gets so excited. Um, and then we told my family they were going to be over at my house anyway. Um, and it was so funny watching the reactions of, like, oh, my gosh, you're pregnant again? Like... <laughs> So we have like all this excitement, all this fun. We start, you know, we're going through this pregnancy. It's so normal. Um, all the same symptoms as my other two boys. I get, I, from the very beginning, I have this feeling that this is another boy. Again, my husband doesn't believe me. He wants a girl so bad still. So he's like, no, you're not going to refer to this baby as a him because this could be a girl. <laughs> um, poor guy. I love him so much. And we go, you know, appointment after appointment, everything is fine. You know, the first ultrasound, um, the 12 week appointment, um, everything normal, not, not feeling any different, all the same symptoms. Um, and we get to about 14 weeks and I have this really weird day. Um, so it's June. Um, that's like the beginning of June in Texas, which is insanely hot. Okay. And I am a wedding photographer right now and I shoot short elopements and the company I work for, they, a lot of these elopements happen in the middle of the day. So it's like the hottest part of the day and I'm pregnant. <laughs> so I'm trying to like keep the, the smallest amount of clothing on. I'm trying to like guzzle water to make sure I stay hydrated. But that day was a weird day and I ended up feeling really bad. Um, I got dizzy later that afternoon, evening to the point where my husband had to take over for the kids. Like I couldn't, I was trying to clean up, but I almost fell over. I was so dizzy. So he tells me just to go sit down, um, you know, relax. He would finish everything up. Then we'd go to bed. I just remember feeling really weird about it, but I was like, you know what? It's Texas. I'm probably just dehydrated. Um, so I'm not going to call the doctor. I felt pretty fearful because I was scared 
Like what if something's wrong? But I had just shoved it down as like, no, you're being silly. Like this is just the fear that's taking over. Right. So I'd asked a few friends who knew, you know, a few friends to pray for me. Um, cause at that point I made it out of the first trimester. Like I shouldn't, I was highly relieved because, you know, I'm out of the first trimester, I'm safe, you know? Um, and the next week weekend was going to be, uh, my son Caleb's first birthday. So my mother-in-law flew in to stay with us for like, a, I think it was a week and a half total. Um, but she wanted to be there for his first birthday. So it was so much fun. We had a blast with her there. Um, the 20th, the Saturday, June 20th comes around, which was his birthday party. And that Friday night, I had a very vivid dream. And it was, it just played right into, the, into my fear. I had this vivid dream that I was bleeding through the night and I was miscarrying and I lost the baby. And I remember waking up the next morning and I was in such a funk because I was, it just messed with me. And I had to get out of the house and do a couple things. And I just was trying to shove it down. Like, no, 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 this is just my fear talking. It's nothing, nothing is wrong. Um, but I had this weird intuition that something wasn't right. But I was, I just pushed it aside. I said, my appointment is next Friday. Just make it through, you'll be okay. So I get to the appointment and um, it was my 16 week appointment. And I had scheduled it with a buffer because I had the appointment that morning and I also had a wedding that afternoon at two o'clock, I think. Um, and I was just like, I had created this buffer of like just enough time um, to where even if like they ran late at my appointment, I could, you know, I could go and make it to the wedding with no problem. Well, of course, the appointment's running late, so I'm sitting there, I'm waiting. I'd just begun to show. Um, I'd been having, I have, I've had phantom kicks since after I delivered my first uh, Noah. So I couldn't tell if I was feeling the baby or if I was just having phantom kicks, um, which I told the doctor when I finally saw her. And this sweet doctor who I, who I hadn't seen before, my, my um, OB here in um, Austin, Texas, uh, they rotate. So they have OBs and they have midwives. So, um, I was like, this is a new doctor I hadn't seen before and which I was okay with. Um, she was so sweet. And honestly, that doctor was a godsend. It turns out. Um, so she asked me all the questions, you know, it's a normal appointment. I know how this goes at this point. Um, oh, wow. I just looked at the time this is taking much longer than I thought. I am so sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, you're fine. Keep going. <laughs> um, so she pulls out the Doppler. Okay. And I've had plenty of experience with my two very active boys who at this point in pregnancy, they are not easy to find on Doppler. So it's not strange for me for them to have to, for my doctors to have to search with the Doppler to find a heartbeat. Um, my children have been just their own people in the womb from day one. And I'll, another blessing, my children have big personalities and they've, they've shown them from the womb. But she goes around once. No, she can't find anything. I'm not worried. She goes around a second time. Um, again, not worried. 
and she's just kind of making jokes about how this baby's hiding. And then she goes around the fourth time, and that's when I start to feel it, that my intuition last week that something was wrong was correct. And I just begin, I close my eyes, and I just begin, just pray, just please God, no. That's all I can think of. Like, please God, no. Please God, no. And I begin to like shake a little bit. And she looks at me and she's just this very wonderful, soft-spoken woman. Just her voice is seriously so comforting. And again, so blessed that she was there for that appointment. And she tells me, it's okay. This happens. Um, you know, we'll, we'll put you on the ultrasound. So let me go talk to the ultrasound, see if you have an open ultrasound tech, and then we'll get you and to the ultrasound. So I'm trying to like, I'm freaking out massively internally because I know that something's wrong, but I'm trying to just push it out of the way. Like, no, this can't be wrong. I've had two successful pregnancies. This can't be happening again. So as she's walking me, you know, across the office to the ultrasound room, I'm just praying and praying, please God, no, please God, no, please God, no. And so they put me on with the ultrasound tech, the same, the same tech. Um, who I had seen at my first ultrasound appointment. She's so sweet. Um, and she remembered me, sort of chatting, and um, she gets me all hooked up. And, um, you know, I, a lot of our family is, you know, not living in the same area as us, so I like to take video of anything I can um, to send to them so they feel, you know, a part of it. So I knew, I had already, I already knew I could take video, and I think I only turned it on for like two seconds once the ultrasound started because I knew. I looked at that ultrasound on the TV and after seeing lots of ultrasounds of my boys, um, I immediately knew. I could see that there was no heartbeat. And it was, my baby was strangely still. And this whole time, and she, my ultrasound tech was so sweet. She did everything. She looked for, she changed it to look for blood flow. Of course, she's not telling me any of this. She's just chatting with me, you know, not, seriously, an amazing woman, not letting on that something is wrong, but I can see that something is wrong. I know it. And she goes around for a while, no heartbeat, um, no movement from my baby. And um, she just looks at me and she goes, I, I think I see some, I, she's like, I think I know, but I need to talk to the doctor to confirm. So she goes and pulls my doctor into the room and my doctor comes and sits next to me and she just very calmly looks at me and, and says, the ultrasound tech couldn't find a heartbeat, but I'm going to look as well just to make sure. And she starts going over again. And I remember sitting there and just being kind of frozen in this, like, don't cry, don't cry, as well as, like, please, God, no, please don't let this be happening right now. Please don't let this be happening. And after a while, and I'm grateful to that ultrasound tech, and that doctor because they really they did absolutely everything they could to check for anything they looked for blood flow they checked for any type of brain activity everything um 
and I just remember thinking like, this is, I'm not going to be able to see my baby again. Like this is, this is the last time I'm going to see my baby. And, um, my doctor looks at me after they turn the ultrasound off and she said that I'm so, she just looks at me, she said, I'm so, so sorry. There is no heartbeat. And she said, I'm going to, let's get you up and let's bring you into another room. Um, the ultrasound tech is going to go over and do some measurements for me. So let's bring you into this other room. And I remember holding it together just long enough for that door to close into the adjoining room. And then I just started crying. And I've got this mask on because it's COVID. Um, and, you know, I'm all alone. My husband's not with me because he had been working the night before. And I had to go straight from this appointment to a wedding. And I just, I, I bawled. I'm crying. And again, another wonderful thing of this doctor, I got so blessed. And she doesn't say anything once she closes the door and she comes over to me. And even though it's COVID, she takes her hand and she puts it on my shoulder. And she just stands there next to me while I'm crying. Um, and just kept telling me that she was so, so, so sorry. Um, and she gives me a lot, honestly, a lot of time to just cry. And she stands there with me and she's finally lets me know that I know that this is hard and I don't want to have to ask you these questions, but I do have to let you know about your options. Um, it's Friday. Um, it looks like, and she, she gets the report from the ultrasound tech. Uh, my baby had passed the, a week before when I had that dream, um, which is just insane to me. That just my body was that intuitive, you know? Um, and I just, I couldn't believe this was happening again. I was safe. I was supposed to be safe. Like they don't give, I don't think, from, in my opinion, they, I don't think they give you enough warning about second trimester um, losses. And I, uh, I cried so much and I was so mad at myself because I had like makeup on because I was going to a wedding and I do not wear, I really do not like waterproof mascara. Um, I should have worn it that day but I didn't. So I had mascara running all down my face and I could barely, I, I remember kind of pulling myself together to answer her questions. She gave me through the weekend, they scheduled me an appointment for Monday um, so I could talk to my husband and um, we could come up with what we wanted to do. Or if we didn't know, we still had that appointment on Monday to go over, you know, and talk about things. Um, so we, I, I get out of the appointment and I look at the time and I only have 20 minutes to get to this wedding. And I know all of the other photographers live a minimum of 45 minutes away. So there's no way anybody else can shoot this wedding. So I get in my car, I'm bawling on my way out to the car and I am just trying, I'm, I try calling my husband seven times in a row. He was still sleeping because it was only about, you know, noon, noon 30, one o'clock. Um, and 
I'm just calling him over and over and over, just praying, please God, let him pick up, please God, let him pick up. I absolutely did not want to tell him this over the phone, but my in-laws were in town. So the day before, uh, my father-in-law, my sister-in-law had driven to be with us and they were going to be leaving on Sunday. So I knew for a fact, I didn't want to go home and tell everyone all at once. So I wanted to just tell my husband over the phone. I ended up not being able to get him on the phone. So I called the first person I could think of, which was my mom. And she answers the phone and all I can get out is they couldn't find a heartbeat. And my mom, bless her heart, she is so awesome. She's, again, like I said before, she's been through a, a loss at 16 weeks. So she just cried on the phone with me and I told her where I was headed and she just, she prayed over me that I would be able to get through this wedding. Thank the Lord. It was only a 30 minute ceremony. So it wasn't like a long time. And by the time I got there, my husband had called me back and I was able to tell him that, um, that we had lost, lost her baby. And again, I love him so much. He, his first response was, are you sure there's no hope? Are you sure? Like, could there, could they be wrong? And I just, I told him, I said, honey, they, they checked everything twice. Um, there's, this baby is gone. Um, his heart stopped beating last week. Um, like there's, there's nothing. So he was so nice and he told his family, um, while I was at the wedding and they were, they were fantastic. It was awkward, like coming home and having these people around when all you want to do is be by yourself, but they were, I mean, they were great. Um, I, I really, I really got lucky and they were wonderful. We didn't really like, we avoided it because that's kind of what I wanted to do. I didn't really want to talk about it right then when I couldn't spend a lot of time talking with my husband because he was working all weekend. So they leave Sunday, Monday comes around, my mom takes my boys and we go into this appointment. And from some research we'd done over the weekend, we wanted to try inducing first. Um, I was hoping my body would go into labor on its own over the weekend, but it didn't. So we opted for induction. Um, I'm all for like meds and surgeries if they're needed, but I wanted I already knew I wanted the chance to hold him one last time, um, if possible. So, um, they pulled me in that night. They were the, my doctor's office was so great. Um, the doctor on call was the doctor I had seen on Friday. Um, and I was intensely grateful for that. Again, she has such a comforting voice and she was such a godsend through the whole thing. Um, my nurses were fantastic. Um, I love the hospital that I have now delivered at twice. Um, they are very, very caring when it comes to fetal demise and they, they make sure that like you are the furthest away. It's a pretty big maternity ward. They make sure you're the furthest away from everyone, um, that you are not going to have like, if possible, you're going to have the least amount of triggers as possible while you're going through this. And, um, my husband and I are, we cope with, with humor so, um, very grateful that our nurses just kind of went with it. Our nurse and our doctor 
they just went with it. They didn't like um, kind of put us down for, you know, laughing or making jokes while we're going through this process um, because that's the only way we could get through it. Um, it got to a point where, um, you know, they ask you, they tell you that you can have an epidural, but I honestly, I didn't want the epidural. I wanted, because, you know, it's a 16 or at that point, a 15 week size baby, I didn't have to dilate completely. And I basically didn't want the epidural because I wanted to kind of punish my body for not doing what it was supposed to. Um, but, uh, I just kind of said, like, I don't think it's necessary. Like if it is, if it becomes necessary, like if this lasts a long time, I'll switch to the epidural. But, um, as of right now, you know, I'm, I'm okay. So we start the medicine, um, at like 5:30, Um, and we got, um, we asked for the hospital chaplain to come in and he, he said something that I will now forever carry with me. Um, it was so wonderful and it really, it was what we needed to hear that moment. Um, and I, he just told us that him and his wife had been through a loss like this and he wanted us to know that grief is not a timeline. Grief is a house. He said that you're going to go from room to room you know, um, sadness or anger. And some days, sometimes you'll spend days or weeks in one room and um, other times you'll only spend a day or a few hours. And he looked at us and he said, but I want you to understand that you both are not going to be in the same room at the same time. And that's okay. He said, I need you both to understand that you have to take the word should out of your vocabulary right now. He shouldn't be doing something and you shouldn't be doing something. You are grieving and you need that time. You need to do that and you need to do that in your own way. Don't put pressure on the other to grieve a specific way. And the way he said it, just that word picture of us being in this house of grief just made so much sense. Um, the, after our first loss, my husband and I didn't really talk about it because the way he grieves, he doesn't want to talk about it. Um, and the way I grieve, I want to. I'm an oversharer. And we hadn't really addressed a lot of that, lo a lot of that grief and pain from the first loss. And so this time around, it just felt double for both of us. Felt like we were losing maybe twice. And, um, oh, that's been wonderful. Seriously, what that chaplain said was the best. And he looked at us both and he said, when you're in this grief house, he's like, all you need to do is whenever you each come out of a room, you meet each other in the hallway, wherever you're at of this grief house, right? And it, my husband and I are both crying by the end of um, his visit there. He, he put, even in COVID, he put his hand on my belly and just prayed over our child and prayed over us, and it was a really, it was a hard, but it was a very healing experience. And then 2 a.m. comes around, and I, um, I delivered our baby. Um, and at first, my husband didn't want to see him because he wasn't sure, like, what state um, our baby was going to be in. So 
I knew I wanted to hold him, but I didn't want to force my husband into that. I had told him whatever he wanted to do. If he only wanted to look at our baby, that was fine. I wasn't going to hold anything against him. I wanted him to do what he felt was good for him. So um, I do love our baby and um, they put the baby on the warmer uh, that wasn't turned on. And we first asked if it was a boy or girl and um, the nurse and the doctor look and come back and the doctor says that is most definitely a boy. And <laughs> we started crying at that point. Uh, we hadn't been crying up till then. We started crying. And my husband just looks at me and he goes, you were right. And I said, yes, yes, I was. I was right. Um, and that's the moment my husband was like, no, I, I want to hold him. So we held him for a couple hours. Um, mostly my husband, because I wanted him to have that. Um, I'd been able you know, to hold our baby in uh, my womb and I wanted him to have that chance. And we both, we looked over him, we prayed over him, we cried over him, we sang to him and we named him and we looked at each other and we just knew together. We don't have to say anything really. And I said, I, I think his name is Jude. And uh, Gabe agreed. So, yep, this is Jude. Um, so we named him Jude Michael, um, which Jude means to praise uh, because even, even in, in, in the hard times, we know that um, we have a savior who walks with us and we, we, we know he is sovereign, even in loss, which is so hard. And I can't, I wish I could give answers as to why this happens. Um, but I don't. And I, we just looked at each other. We just knew that that was his name. So we go through the whole process. Um, it took a while for my placenta to deliver and come to find out. We thought it was completely out. It was not. <laughs> um, we began to make decisions like, um, do we want to do testing? Do we send him off for testing? Do we send placenta off for testing? All of these questions that no parent should have to um, make decisions on. Um, are we going to cremate him? Are we going to bury him? Um, all of this stuff. They sent us home um, the mid-morning the next day. And um, we ended up sending the placenta off for testing, uh, but not him. Um, and they kept him for us and the a funeral home picked him up because my family actually has a family cemetery, my mom's family. So they gave us the option to bury him there, um, which was ideal because we didn't, we are the type of people who like to move around. So we didn't want him in some random um, funeral uh, or some random cemetery that um, we weren't gonna be able to visit, you know? So we get all the arrangements made, we go home, um, my, my mom's family really stepped up and helped us out, um, in getting ready to bury him. Um, the funeral home had this super tiny small casket that somebody had donated for us. Um, and they were, I mean, it was just a very hard, very hard, but, um, healing experience being able to bury our baby. Um, we didn't get to do that the first time around. We have, we have nothing. Um, the hospital actually put together a little like memory box for us and they actually took photos 
um, for us, which they give you, but they tell you that they're all wrapped up so you don't have to look at them. If you don't want to look at them, you don't have to, but we, we do this so you have them. <sighs> such, such a, I'm so grateful for that hospital. Um, so we get to July 4th. Um, I delivered him on, on June 30th and we um, buried him on July 4th. And after we had buried him, it was just me and my husband and um, this other couple from our church to do this, do the ceremony for us. And um, our little, you know, our little service, just us. And my uh, great uncle and my dad actually came to um, cover over the grave for us. Um, but before that, we actually, we hadn't been very big on social media at this point. We hadn't really told a lot of people that we had lost our baby. It had been kind of a week. So we posted a video. We took a video and posted it to Facebook. So everybody, um, everybody knew because at this point, I mean, 16 weeks along, we told everybody knew I was pregnant. Um, and I had realized after my first loss that I needed, I needed to share what I was going through. Um, after I got pregnant with uh, my oldest, I realized that a lot of the depression I was feeling was because I wasn't talking about it and I needed to talk about it. I didn't want to feel alone. I needed to know that there was other people out there who were going through the same thing I was going with. And I absolutely, since I got pregnant with Noah, I have known like it is not, it's not right for people to feel this alone when they're going through something like this. And I just began to talk about it. Um, I ended up getting some messages from some people saying that they had kind of gone through similar things. And, um, but the outpouring after the loss of Jude, um, in July was just immense. Um, it surprised me how many people just inundated us with messages and calls and texts and all of this stuff just of love for us. And, um, somebody we actually knew in Fort Wayne, Indiana, who I hadn't talked to actually in a couple of years, she sent me this beautiful necklace. Um, it's very simple. It's just a bar and it has uh, Jude, it says Jude Michael. And I have worn it every day since she sent it to me um, as just my little, my little, I can carry his name because I can no longer carry him. Um, so, I, um, afterwards, I had stopped bleeding after I delivered him, um, the same week. Uh, so before I, we buried him on July 4th, I'd actually stopped bleeding. And then the next week I actually started bleeding again, but bright red. So I assumed it was my body resetting itself on a period or whatever, uh, which my doctor was like, that's actually, I don't think she's like, that shouldn't be happening. But from what you've told me of your story it might be possible so we just kind of kept an eye on it I ended up bleeding bright red and then I actually it turned brown and then I kind of had this super light brown flow for weeks um, I didn't actually stop bleeding my last day of bleeding was August 10th um, because there was still placenta um, and I didn't realize at first it was three weeks of bleeding. And then I finally started passing some tissue and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is insane. And so we thought we'd gotten it all 
and they were like, okay, just, you know, keep us updated. If you're bleeding heavily, you know, then call us. But I never bled like super heavily. <laughs> um, not until August 5th, I go in for another, you know, six week appointment. Um, they do an ultrasound because they want to make sure that everything is, has passed. And they see this big old spot on my ultrasound of probably placenta that is still there. <laughs> so they're like, okay, well, I was like, I'm going out of town for a wedding for my cousin's wedding this weekend. Um, it was Wednesday at this point. And I'm like, uh, do we, and she says, we can try medicine to see if it'll, your body will do it by, on its own. But she said, honestly, I'm not super hopeful about that since your body has had six weeks now to do this and it hasn't finished the job basically. So we went ahead and scheduled the DNC. Um, we scheduled it for the 12th. So the next Wednesday, um, to give my body a week to kind of do what it was supposed to do. They set me up for an ultrasound on Tuesday to verify just in case. Um, because I started, as soon as I got home from that appointment, I started bleeding again, very heavily. And I started passing tissue again. And I ended up bleeding super heavily over the entire weekend. Uh, we were driving to Kansas, so I'm bleeding heavily and in like a ton of like labor-ish pains this whole weekend. It was insane how much I bled. Um, not quite enough for the doctor to be concerned though, of course. Not quite enough. I wasn't quite there. I was almost there, but I wasn't quite there. And so they pull me in for this ultrasound on Tuesday and magically, uh, it was all gone. Um, somehow all the bleeding and the tissue that I'd passed over the weekend, that finally was the last of it. Um, and so my husband and I were like, okay, we can kind of breathe. They canceled the DNC and I just waited and waited for, um, you know, my period to come. And we had kind of been back and forth about what, of how to try. Um, my doctor was so nice and told me that because it was a second trimester loss, she would do all of the testing. Like she would run the tests for me, um, for recurrent pregnancy loss if, if I wanted. Um, but after a lot of prayer and a lot of discussion with my husband, I just, it felt like this wasn't the time to do it. I kind of wanted to, but at the same time, I, I knew that it wouldn't, there was probably nothing that was going to come up. Um, we got all the test results from the genetic testing and all the pathology results from um, Jude, and there was absolutely no reason. They could give me no reason why he passed. He was perfectly formed in, for whatever his gestational period was. Um, the placenta was perfectly fine. There was nothing wrong with it. Um, there was nothing wrong with the umbilical cord. Um, they did the genetic testing and there was no chromosomal um, abnormalities at all. Um, so we are kind of left in the dark as to why um, I miscarried again. Um, and I just got my period back last week. Um, and it was a little emotional getting my period um, again because it was a little bit heavier than my normal periods. So it was a little bit of like flashback to all this bleeding I'd been having. But um, we are now, we're kind of in a spot where at first we were thinking maybe we just don't 
because we haven't specifically tried to get, we haven't technically been TTC for any of our pregnancies. Um, I've had four pregnancies in four years. So, I mean, obviously there's no problem with me getting pregnant. So we had we'd kind of been like, well, let's, after your first period, let's not necessarily try to get pregnant, but let's not prevent pregnancy. Um, but now after this week, um, we have kind of decided that we're emotionally, we just are not, we're not ready. Um, and we have a lot on our plates. Uh, I'm a full-time, I'm a full-time student. I, I work, uh, my husband works and we have two boys ages two and a half and one. And just right now we are going to be waiting. We'll probably revisit more kids discussion or uh, when to have uh, more kids discussion uh, when my youngest turns two next June. So um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your story. This is like extremely fresh for yes. you. Like this just happened. And yes, yes you're, you're doing this and I'm so proud of you for doing that because it's going to help so many people. I always feel like when people share, when they're kind of like still in the trenches, it's just super relatable for the people listening, you know, because most people listening are in that same position, you know? Um, so I just want to thank you for doing that because I know that it's not easy to share yeah. so soon after your loss. Uh, if, I always ask at the end of every episode, if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Um, I thought a lot about this. Um, and I just want to tell every, every mom out there, because it doesn't matter if this is your first pregnancy that you're um, in the process of losing and everything, but it doesn't matter. You, you are a mom. Number one, um, you deserve that title and you have that title. And then two, um, it doesn't matter how long you were pregnant, your, your baby's life matters. Um, always, always remember your baby's life matters. Um, there is no one who should or can take that from you. Um, and I, it's, it's, it's helped me tremendously remembering and knowing that Jude's life matters not only to me, but to other people who are going through similar things. Um, the story of his short life is so powerful. And the story of your baby's life matters, whether it matters to you, whether you decide to tell your story or not. Um, that's up to you, and that is, that's wherever you need to be, but your baby's life does matter. Absolutely. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Um, I, I'm pretty active on Facebook and Instagram, um, but I'm not sure. I, I think my Facebook is private, so Instagram is probably the best. Okay. And I'll link that in the description of this episode so that it's easy for people to find you. Um, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate yeah. it. I couldn't do this without you girls. You're awesome. And yeah, you'll have to keep us posted moving forward. Yeah, I will. Thank you so much, Shelly, for this platform. Um, it's an amazing platform and I'm really grateful for it. And I know that so many other women are too.
Uh, good. Absolutely. I mean, I love doing this and it's definitely my passion. So yeah, thanks to everybody who feels the pull to share because that's how we've made this happen. So thank you so much and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together. Just leave.